Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey, before we get into this, uh, uh, this conversation today, again, man, if you're a guest with us, so glad that you're here. And then I, I want to give you a quick update. We're in the middle of what we're calling our Here for Good campaign. And we've had a vision since day one to be a church in and for the city. City Church is a little over two years old. And you're catching us, you know, this post-Thanksgiving kind of lull. You know, we're still coming in with turkey comas and, and all of that stuff. And tons of our team members are out of town partying with family and all of that. And we're grateful to be able to gather today. But today I have the privilege of updating you. We kicked off a couple of weeks ago this here for good campaign. We've been praying and working since we launched City Church two and a half years ago towards permanence here in Boulder. So not just to be a a church in and for the city, but to be a church here for good. By the way, can I just celebrate? Last week, because of your radical generosity, we got to serve over 150 families with Thanksgiving meals. Put your hands together for that. Not only did you donate over $5,000 toward that initiative, both in in materials and dollars, but then also you guys crushed it by taking those bags and delivering them to some pretty challenging locations at times here in Boulder. We had complexes we were locked out of and all kinds of crazy stuff, but you guys crushed it. I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of a radically generous church. Because of your radical generosity, we have a partnership with lots of different uh, amazing, amazing, um, Partners here in Boulder, like Crestview Elementary and the Boulder Homeless Shelter and AFA and Harvest of Hope. We, we do a lot to make a difference in our city with those that are already the heroes in our city. You guys with me on that? And then this week, I just want you to know, uh, because of, of God's favor toward our church and in this city, Crestview Elementary reached out to us with a pretty massive need. And, and I just want to celebrate that there's this family that we have the privilege of serving as we go into the Christmas season. But I want to celebrate with you that, that Crestview trusts us enough that they, went, they know that we're here for them without agenda, that they reached out to us first to help with this need for this family that's been battling cancer and just had a really, really hard year. And so can we just put our hands together for God's favor here in, in City Church and in the city? I, I'm just grateful for you guys. And, and, and as, we, as we talk about Here for Good, there should be little booklets if you're new to this conversation. There's little booklets in the seatbacks in front of you. There's also some information on uh, uh, in, the, in the lobby there. And again, this is our effort toward permanence. And so our effort is to purchase the current property that we're in right now. And we also have some other opportunities lined up and some amazing things are happening quickly. And so if you're new to this conversation, we started praying about it and we, we decided to put our hands toward the effort of raising a million dollars toward owning the property that we're in right now and towards permanence here in Boulder. And so today we're calling it Commitment Sunday. This has just been a space to pray and really ask God if he wants you to give. We said it from the beginning, and listen, if you're a guest with us, I'm just catching you up. Don't feel obligated to to be a part of this. But, But understand that the invitation has been pray about it, ask God, and then do whatever he tells you to do. And if God doesn't tell you to give, then don't give. That's been the permission from day one. And and again, because you're a radically generous church, I have the privilege of standing up here today before Commitment Sunday and sharing with you that we have raised $326,000 toward the Here for Good initiative. Put your hands together for your radical generosity, guys. That is amazing. And to our online partners, thank you guys so much as well. It's it's a joy to be a part of this journey. We have no idea how God is going to answer these prayers, but we're glad to be a part of the journey. No matter what, we are a church in and for the city. No matter where we gather and where we meet, 
but we also see an incredible opportunity to be a church here for good. And so, again, if you want to know more about that, pick up that booklet there. You can go to our website. There's a landing page there. But I just wanted to celebrate with you guys on that. So as we move into today's conversation, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys rolled in grateful this morning? Who's grateful? Right, this would be awkward not to raise your hand in that moment, right? You're like, oh, I'm grateful, <laughs> even if you're not, right? So, so we're in this season of gratitude and Thanksgiving, and you know, you got all that stuff going on, which is cool. And, and gratitude is, is an amazing practice, isn't it? Have you ever thought about like what gratitude, gratitude does inside of you and what it does through you? Like, have you ever thought that gratitude is one of those weird practices that is mutually beneficial? Like, like it benefits us, it does something inside of us. Kind of gets our eyes, you know, out of criticism and, and towards, you know, up off of ourselves and, and looking at the good. But also gratitude towards others when it's expressed. It actually does something in them too, right? I mean, how many of you love it when someone expresses gratitude towards you? You're like, and when you get a simple thank you, you're like, man, it feels so good to be recognized. And, and it's interesting because gratitude and feeling thankful, right, they're, they're like not necessarily the same thing. It's one thing to feel thankful internally. It's another thing to express gratitude. Does that make sense to you? Right? And, and so a lot of times we, we can feel thankful, but sometimes uh, we fail to express that gratitude, don't we? And so at, at times, you know, we, we have this holiday that we're in, and that's cool. It's kind of an intentional way to promote and think about gratitude. But if you're like me, that doesn't necessarily last the rest of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you might have some moments of like just reflecting on gratitude over the year, but it doesn't necessarily carry you into next week or the busyness of December or going into the new year. And so what, what, what's unintentional, I think at times, at least in my life, I don't know if this is true of you, but when it comes to gratitude, a lot of times I can feel thankful and then I fail to express that gratitude to others. It's like I forget to close the gap in my gratitude. And, and, and I think we lose out. And this is what we're going to talk about today is in this ruthless elimination of hurry, Gratitude is one of those things. It's actually a spiritual discipline we're going to talk about today. It was not on my plan. By the way, I think we have the books here. Can you guys throw these up? Do we have the books? Yeah. Okay, so, so I don't have time to give you all of it today. Um, but this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, has been an incredible resource to the series that we're in. Listen, out of every book I read last year, which was a bunch of them, this is number one on the list. Like if you're just looking for one book to pick up and just rock your world, that one right there would do a great service to your soul. Secondly, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, which I'm going to talk about a little bit today, has also been a massive, massive blessing to my soul over the last year. And so I've just given you resources since we can't cover everything today. Um, and then lastly, Emily mentioned it, but we are, are digging in today into this Advent season, that, that 28-day devotional. Um, and, and this is a time just to let the Christmas season be what it's about and really reflect and, and dig into uh, this season. And so if you haven't picked it up, it's not too late. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it hard copy from anywhere they sell books. It's an incredible resource and I'm pumped to dive in with you. And if you missed last week's message, by the way, Maddie crushed it on, on silence, solitude, and Sabbath. And so I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. And that'll kind of jumpstart you into today's, um, today's conversation. But as we get into gratitude, I want you to think about it. Gratitude is, is more of a decision than, than it is a feeling. You guys with me on this? When we really sit down and contemplate and we start to process and, and then express gratitude, we actually have to slow down to do that, right? It's like hard to be grateful when you're busy. Not, not because you're not grateful, but you don't have time to actually express it. Busyness kind of robs us of that intimacy with one another, of, of genuine, deep gratitude. And so in this, in this series, we've been talking about what does it look like to slow down and have margin for the life that is truly life. And today, I want to give you just a very specific slice, kind of post-Thanksgiving, going into the rest of the holidays and the busyness of the year, something that I think is going to serve our soul well. And so Richard Foster talks about gratitude and the discipline of celebration in this way. Let me show you this quote. The decision to set the mind on the higher things of life, listen to this, 
is an act of will. Meaning it's not just a feeling that we hope shows up. That is why celebration is a discipline. And in that celebration, he talks about gratitude. Okay? It's not something that falls on our heads. Right? It's not, we don't just like all of a sudden find ourselves grateful. It's an intentional cultivation. Does this make sense to you? It is the result of consciously ch- a, a, a consciously chosen way of thinking and living. And when we choose this way, check it out. The healing and redemption in Christ will break into the inner recesses of our lives and our relationships, and the inevitable result will be joy. Man, I could use some of that, right? Gratitude does something at a soul level that results in joy expressed internally and externally. And he's saying it's a decision, not just a feeling. Robert Edmond wrote a book on practicing gratitude. Let me, let me just read this quote. It's not going to be on the screen. But he, he did the studies on gratitude. He said, grateful people experience higher levels of positive emotions, such as joy and enthusiasm and love and happiness and optimism, and that the practice of gratitude as a discipline actually protects our person from the destructive impulses of envy and resentment and greed and bitterness. Like, gratitude is a deeply formative discipline. And we talked about this, right? All of these are invitational. This is not like, do this thing. This is an invitational practice in the way of Jesus. We see Jesus in his relationship with God constantly expressing gratitude. But it's interesting to me that, that, that we find commands like this. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, check this out. And if you're a Jesus follower, this applies to you. If you're not a Jesus follower, I would just invite you. Like, this is a safe place for you to wrestle with your spiritual journey, but also know that gratitude has, like, practical benefit and application to your relationships in your world as you wrestle with faith. But here's what's interesting. This is a command from Paul to rejoice always, to pray continually, and then what? To give thanks in all circumstances. For this is, and I love this, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Someone's like, oh, man, what's God's will for my life? That right there is a helpful summary. To rejoice and pray and give thanks. And not just when we're feeling it, right? But in all circumstances. Whether Thanksgiving was incredibly refreshing for you and you had a blast, or it was crazy depressing because you lost someone and it's a really, really hard season, or it was really, really frustrating because you're around a bunch of people you don't like and you're obligated to be there. If you don't have any of those feelings, then you might be the person in the room (laughs) that everybody didn't want to be around. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But this is a command to give thanks. You say, why, why would God command us? To have spirits of gratitude because it does something for us at a soul level that man I, I, again the opposite is what are we missing out on when we fail to practice gratitude check this out jesus even starts he teaches us to pray with gratitude matthew 6 he says pray like this our father in heaven as he's talking to his disciples hallowed be your name holy be your set apart is your name and he, and he kicks it off as he teaches us to pray this is another way of saying god you're awesome Right? For, 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 for the person like me who doesn't talk like that, you're like, what, is, what does that mean? God, you're awesome. And he teaches us to pray before we ask for our needs and our wants and our struggles and our anxieties. He teaches us to start with gratitude. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because it, because it sets perspective. It's no coincidence that Jesus would teach us to pray with this priority. It's one of the reasons, by the way, if you're a part of a city group here at City Church, every week we start and kick off the gathering with what are you grateful for because it sets the tone we all know life is heavy we all know life is hard but what are you grateful for and sometimes it's really easy to roll in and celebrate and sometimes it's really hard isn't it because there's something about the human soul that that doesn't lean toward expressing gratitude it doesn't mean we don't necessarily feel it 
But there's something challenging about expressing it consistently. It's one of the reasons that every week when, when we gather, we have this team huddle. Everyone that serves at City Church, we gather together before the service and we celebrate what God is doing in and through one another. And we, and we express gratitude in a circle to set the tone, to remind ourselves, kind of lift our eyes off of the, the heaviness of life and remind ourselves that we're a part of something way bigger and there's still plenty to be grateful for. So as you're thinking about gratitude, so, so again, gratitude is just like feeling thankful, right? It's, it's something that we feel internally that we then express. But, but at the same time, few things hurt like ingratitude, right? You think about it? How many of you guys have been just, just kind of felt taken for granted before? Like it sucks, doesn't it? Like feeling taken for granted is a really, really challenging place to be. And, and one of the reasons is because it, it kind of feels like rejection, Right, when ingratitude comes, and again, it's weird, right? It's a weird conversation because when you start thinking about ingratitude, it kind of sounds like when someone's ungrateful, they, they, it kind of feels like they, they're acting like you owe them that. That's why, you know, you just owed me that. I don't, I don't, I, des- I deserved it. Or it kind of kind of feels presumptuous or arrogant, right, when someone's kind of ungrateful. And, and what's interesting about ingratitude is it's not that they necessarily did anything, right? It's, it's normally that they just didn't do something. They just didn't say thank you, and it feels weird. And it gets awkward, right? Because if you address ingratitude, it feels really, really weird. Like, uh, excuse me, where's my thank you? <laughs> right? I mean, it's okay when you do that to your children because you're teaching them to be grateful, but it's really, really weird when you do it to an adult, right? Like, uh, a little thank you would be nice, right? And it kind of makes you feel childish, doesn't it, to, like, to address ingratitude. Now, now, sometimes when our relationships are really close, you can have a genuine conversation around ingratitude and help somebody, but most of the time, you know, your relationships at work or like distant family relationships or neighbors or whatever, or even, you know, loose relationships at church, ingratitude kind of goes unaddressed. And, and, and what's unique here is what we're talking about is mostly a lack of words and recognition, right? It's not normally like this overt, like hard ingratitude expressed. Normally it's just a lack of something that we're experiencing. But here's, here's the challenge. Ingratitude sits heavy when we're the victim, doesn't it? Like, we feel it when someone is ungrateful. But you know what's ironic? is like the offender is normally clueless, aren't they? <laughs> right? They have no idea. Or another way to say it is the recipient is always aware of ingratitude, right? But the culprit is rarely aware. That's that weird dance of gratitude and ingratitude. And by the way, gratitude goes a long way, doesn't it? Like with me, gratitude goes a long way. Well, so does ingratitude, but it goes a different way, right? But gratitude goes a long way. And as a Jesus follower, here's a challenge. I don't know if this is like this for your soul, but I, I struggle sometimes to be generous with my time, energy, and resources to people that are ungrateful. Do you? Okay, just me. Great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, we'll have a little bit of confession today. Um, it's this challenge in me that as a Jesus follower, I'm called to be generous regardless of how someone else acts. You guys with me on that? But it's still true that it is way easier to extend gratitude, or I'm sorry, to extend generosity to people that are grateful, isn't it? Like, it's just way easier to be generous when people are grateful. Now, now there's a danger in, in this conversation that um, when we're accidentally ungrateful or we, we kind of sit in ingratitude, it leaves a mark that maybe we're not even aware of, right? That's the problem with ingratitude is it goes unnoticed most of the time. And so what we don't realize is if, if we come across as ungrateful in our work or in our marriage or with our children or with our parents or, or with our neighbors or with our friends or in our groups or where, whatever circles of influence you have, if we come across as, as ungrateful or carrying ingratitude, it begins to undermine our respectability. It begins to, to affect the relationship 
negatively. And by the way, this is kind of uncomfortable to talk about because I realize that as I talk about this, there's a chance that like someone in the room has, has felt like they've experienced ingratitude from me. And the problem is I have no idea <laughs> who it is and if I did it, right? I, would, I wouldn't know, right? So it's a weird conversation to talk about gratitude. But again, you, you probably know what it feels like to be taken for granted, right? You know, it's a terrible feeling. But let me ask you this as we kind of pivot, and we're going to get into a story of Jesus that I think reflects this perfectly. Have you ever been accused of being ungrateful? You know, every now and then, listen, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, and, and I can be critical, and I can kind of be nitpicky, and I, I, I can come across as ungrateful. Um, and, and sometimes I am ungrateful, if we're being just totally honest. But, but every now and then, we get accused of being ungrateful, and what happens? We get a little bit defensive, don't we? Because what happens, they, they start talking about a feeling. They say, you're not feeling something. When, they, when someone says, you're not, you're not being grateful, they're accusing you of not feeling something. And that's weird. And we get defensive. Why? Because you're like, you don't know my feelings. And that's exactly the point. They don't know their, your feelings. They only know their feelings. And their feelings are communicating to them that you're ungrateful, right? That's the weird thing about gratitude. They don't know how you feel. They only know how they feel. And so some of us, right, and I get stuck here, like, oh, I'm, I'm grateful on the inside, right? Someone says, why are you being so ungrateful? I, I, am, so, I am so grateful. Well, then why don't you say it, <laughs> right? Because when we fail to communicate, right, it might be true that we feel grateful on the inside, but here's, what, here's the reality, and this is what I hope you take home today. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. Guys, I've been sitting in this all week, and uh, you can probably ask Danielle. I don't know if she's, she's experienced it, uh, my wife, uh, on the same level, but I've been just, like, overhauling gratitude in my home right now. I'm, I'm like, doing my best to cultivate this discipline. I'm like, I am going to go over the top grateful this week. And I've been wrestling and wrestling because, man, unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. And, and again, we're talking about the expression. You can go back to that. We're talking about the expression of gratitude, not the emotion. It doesn't help if we feel grateful, does it? Because people don't know how we feel. They can only respond to what we express. And, and here's the challenge of what we're talking about today. And Jesus hits on this, I mean, point blank. It's so helpful. But gratitude and ingratitude, they steer our relationships, for better or for worse. You see, when you and I cultivate, and by the way, this is a relational thing for the person, you know, eye to eye, and this also affects our relationship with God. When we cultivate and express gratitude toward God, think about it. When you and I really sit in that reality of like, holy moly, like a relationship with God is something I don't earn, deserve, maintain, like, like it's all grace all the time. It's amazing. I get to receive it. When we cultivate and express gratitude in our relationship with God, the more likely we are to pursue that relationship, right? It actually cultivates in us something, a desire to pursue it. The same is true for relationships. Think about a couple. That, that like new couple dating, right? You ever seen like a new couple? They're just like over the moon for each other. And they're, you know, it's just all butterflies and rainbows all the time. What's going on there? They're still both imperfect people, but those two are choosing to only see the good, aren't they? And you watch somebody, they get into a relationship, maybe they get engaged, maybe they get married or whatever, and all of a sudden they start to fight, and you know, some people call it like falling out of love. And I would challenge you, I don't think people fall out of love, I think they fall out of focus. I think they begin to pay attention to the things that deteriorate the relationship. They begin to magnify the problems instead of what is good. And so gratitude has the ability for me to look at Danielle, I, I, I could be nitpicky, or I can be grateful. And the more grateful I am toward her, the more I desire to pursue her. Does that make sense to you guys? This is mutually beneficial in our relationship. It's not just that way, by the way. 
Because there's also a, re a recipient side. Like, not only does gratitude benefit our hearts and souls and what we pursue, but it also changes the people that we're loving. Check it out. Because our hearts gravitate toward recognition and gratitude, don't they? When someone expresses gratitude, you're like, yeah, man. Like, Charlie was up here this week helping us hang Christmas lights, and it was stupid cold outside, and he had a windbreaker on, and it started snowing, and it's been beautiful all week, and then the one time we decided to hang Christmas lights, it's snowing, and I'm over it. Charlie, thank you so much. I know you don't have any hair on your head and it gets cold, so thank you. That's a joke. But you got a nice mustache, so we take that. But like genuinely, over and over again, Charlie, thank you so much. And you know what? Each year I keep suckering him into helping me put up Christmas lights because of gratitude. That's a joke, guys. But gratitude goes a long way, doesn't it? My kids, man, when they, when they say thank you on their own volition, what does it do? Dude, it melts my heart. I'm like, dude, yeah, have another donut. My goodness, Absolutely. Gratitude goes a long way because our hearts, now listen, I need you to understand, our hearts gravitate toward this, meaning it's not a decision. It's something that happens that we don't really think about when we receive gratitude. Now let's talk about Jesus and gratitude for a minute. Luke 17, check this out. This is a story that I think is super helpful in the principle of gratitude that we're talking about. One day Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem and he's passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they lift up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Let's pause for a second. So understand the scenario. Um, you get these, this, this, this colony of lepers, if you will, this little village of lepers that, that probably are on the outskirts and they're coming into town. And, and you need to understand that, you know, they got to be 50 feet from anyone at any time. And so they're standing a far way off, if you will. And they see Jesus, probably heard about him at this point. But if you don't know about leprosy, I mean, I mean, this is an incredibly horrible, horrible social implication here. Not only are they deteriorating externally, but they're isolated internally. It's got, you know, physical and emotional turmoil as a result of their leprosy. Again, it's a skin disease, highly contagious. There's no cure for it. And so they're forced outside a community. They're not allowed to live inside a community. And again, they have this external and emotional suffering. And, and again, they've been separated from family, from work, from, I mean, they're basically just not you know, really alive and not really dead. They're just kind of in between, slowly dying. And there's no hope. And, and for them, I need you to understand their identity. I mean, I mean, they weren't known as people anymore. They, they were just identified by their disease, their brokenness, their, their problems. And maybe you know what that's, that feels like. But for these guys, they have just been separated and they're broken internally. And, and, and I think it's kind of like that desperate times call for desperate measures moment. Like they've probably heard of Jesus, word has got around. And when they see him roll into town, they don't know. But they give it a shot. So, so from far off, they yell out. We'll see if this thing works, right? They've been rejected by everyone since, since they, be, you know, they, they caught leprosy, if you will. But in this moment, they're rejected by everyone but Jesus. And I, I need you to get it, by the way. You, when you ask, like, hey, where does our gratitude come from as Jesus followers? If, if you're wrestling with faith or kind of exploring faith, our gratitude comes from this space right here. That Jesus meets us where we are. And he's going to do the same thing for these guys. And, and watch what, what, what happens here. Jesus says, when he sees them, go, which, you know, they're used to hearing go away. <laughs> but, but in this moment, they hear, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, check this out, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, this is, this is interesting. A couple of things are happening here. Uh, part of the law that they found themselves uh, following uh, as, as Jews and, and half-Jews as Samaritans um, is that once they were cleared of their disease or once they were, you know, making progress, if you will, they had to go to, to the local priest 
to be given the all clear to enter back into community, okay? And so Jesus literally gives them the command, hey, go to the priest to get the all clear. But the, the challenge is he tells them to go before they're healed. You guys with me on this? And so he says, hey, go to the priest, show yourselves. And they're like, why? <laughs> that, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But then in addition, I want you to imagine this, 10 lepers, they're going to roll up 10 deep in, in, to the priest. And, and then it says, as they went. So, so there's this unique faith thing going on that as they go, they're healed. So as they take the step of faith, they, they simply choose to trust Jesus that maybe what he's saying is going to work. As they go, they're healed. They show up to the priest, and this is going to be a miracle, right? I mean, if you're the priest there and, and 10 lepers show up healed, like, okay, what happened? And this is a big deal. This is a big moment. But in addition, I don't want you to miss it, that their willingness to go before anything changed is basically like the entire summary of faith. Like when you and I are wrestling with faith or we're even think, contemplating our own faith, it's, it's believing that Jesus is who he said he is and he can do what he said he would do. That, they, that literally they walked by faith. They began to walk, to trust Jesus, even though it didn't make sense. And then the results followed. And so the as they respond to the promise and the prompting of Jesus, they then began to see the outcome. That's how faith works. You and I, at 15 years old, I, I made the decision to trust in Jesus. And then he saved me and changed my life. And this is where gratitude comes from for you and I as Jesus followers. Is that as we trust in him, he begins to do something in us we can't do for ourselves. Now watch what happens in verse 15. Then one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, what did he do? He turned back. Praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And then Luke gives us this unique detail. He says he was a Samaritan. The most unlikely, I mean, these guys were hated, separated from Jewish community. I mean, there was mass, massive racial tension. And Luke notes that the only one out of the, out of the ten, which we would assume, based on what he's saying here, that the other nine were Jews, the only one that came back to say thank you was this Samaritan. I, I, need, you to, I need you to get this. This one individual was not content to feel grateful. He made a decision to express it. You guys got that? He went back, another way to say it is he went back to thank the one who enabled him to move forward. He went back. Listen, this is the, this is the summary of gratitude. This is what I hope you walk away with today. He went back and thanked the one who enabled him to move forward. It's what we do in our relationship with God. It's what we do in our relationship with others. Gratitude is about going back. In verse 17, check this out. Jesus says, to, in response, we're not ten cleansed? <laughs> where, where are the other nine? Jesus wasn't afraid to talk about ingratitude, right? Like, where are the other guys? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus is making a point here. He said to him, to the individual, rise and go your way because your faith has made you well. See, the other nine, they missed something, didn't they? Right? If, you, if you're a parent, you get this. If, if a kid gets a gift, what do you tell them? In the moment, say thank you. Right? In the moment, like right now, say thank you. Like, like there's this urgency to gratitude, isn't there? Like if you and I delay gratitude, eventually it starts to lose its meaning. And so, so these, these other nine, they, they miss something. Now think about it. Like how ungrateful, how amazing. I mean, guys, they, they, they are getting their lives back because of Jesus. I mean, I mean, without Jesus, right, they would have lived isolated lives, deteriorating lives. But because of Jesus, because of this simple moment where he says, yeah, I got you. Go ahead. 
They get to go back to their families. They get to have their children back. They get to go to work again. They can worship again. They can be back in community. I mean, because of Jesus, this is amazing. And you look at them, you're like, you didn't even come back to say thank you? Right? We all feel that, don't we? And I, and I bet, I bet, if you and I went, we just had a chance to ask them, like, bro, like, why, why are you so ungrateful? You know what they would say? What? No, no way. Are, are you kidding? Man, we are so grateful, wouldn't they? They couldn't not feel that. There's no way that they wouldn't have been filled with gratitude. You see, they, they felt it. They didn't express it. You guys with me? And Jesus calls it out. He calls out ingratitude because, because for these other nine, the, ingrat- the gratitude circle, it was incomplete. And I think what Jesus is getting at here is that, that their faith was incomplete as a result. They trusted in Jesus that first step, was trusting in Jesus, they found healing there. But then they didn't complete the circle. It doesn't mean that their faith didn't count, right? I think for you and I, like sometimes, have you, have you ever found that your faith has holes in it? Like you trust in Jesus, and, and that's like one step. You don't really do anything to earn or deserve it. You just receive that gift. But then all of a sudden, sometimes you're like still unloving toward others. Or you're still, you know, kind of ungrateful towards your relationship with God. You don't pursue it. You get distracted, right? Sometimes our faith has holes in it, and I think that's what happened for these guys. It wasn't that their faith didn't start by trusting in Jesus, but then it kind of fell apart because they probably got distracted and excited and ran off and celebrated with their friends, whatever. But Jesus calls it out. And again, what was the point? Unexpressed gratitude. We already talked about it. It communicates ingratitude. That's Jesus' point. And I think the invitation, when Jesus says, hey, the invitation is to love God and people, one of the ways that we love God and love neighbor is by expressing gratitude. Does this make sense? Feelings don't accomplish what express gratitude can. So let me ask you this question as we close. I'm going to invite Daniel to come. As he comes, I just want you to just wrestle with a few things. Because I think these principles, they're probably something you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like it is for me. But then you start reflecting on your own life. Let me ask you this. Do you struggle to express gratitude just on your own? Like are you better at criticizing or expressing gratitude? Because honestly, guys, I flip-flop. Sometimes I'm like, I can be really good at it. Other times, I'm just terrible, super critical. When I have plenty to be grateful for and, and express, but, but I don't do it. I think one of the reasons that we struggle with gratitude is that it feels like weakness. I want you to think about it. Gratitude is the space where we acknowledge that the role of other people in our lives. Like, like we couldn't be here without them. And it feels kind of like weakness in our American Western culture. But I want you to understand the, the reality. You probably know this that you wouldn't be where you are without other people. That there is a debt owed in gratitude toward others. And it's not weakness, it's maturity to recognize that you and I need God and other people. Gratitude reflects a proper perspective. So here's my invitation today. Let's you and I be like the one. Let's be the one who goes back. And thank the one who enabled him to move forward. Let's be the one that goes back. Listen, I don't know what your relationship with God has been like. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're kind of kind of struggling, but but what if the, the difference between passion and desire in your relationship with God is going back and reigniting that relationship by expressing gratitude? What if gratitude brings you back to the why, the right motive of sitting with God and being with God? What if you and I consistently go back to the people who have helped us move forward? and express gratitude. Think about it right now. Who has helped you? 
There's some obvious ones, right? Like maybe your parents, maybe some friends, maybe, maybe someone at your work. Who has helped you? But then again, think about it right now. Who is helping you right now today? Here's the beauty of this conversation. Sometimes we, we kind of get into these weird zones of ingratitude and we, we'll say things like, you know, or we, we don't say it, but we, we just kind of think people owe us. Like if you're married, like your spouse just kind of owes you, your kids just kind of owe you. Your, your, your coworkers, especially if you have people that work for you, they just kind of owe you. You don't have to express gratitude. When we fail to express gratitude, we might have someone's hands, but we're never gonna have their hearts. And, and the relationships that matter most are when hearts and hands are connected. And you and I, I don't think we always intentionally live lives of, of ingratitude, but we, we sometimes we take what's given by others or by God and we, and we get distracted with the opportunity. We kind of get excited about it. And then we move on without recognition. But I don't know about you, but when, when, when someone tells my story one day, I hope it's going to be full of gratitude. And you and I are building stories one decision at a time. So this week, you and I have the opportunity. So, so for me let, me, let me just give you this thank you. Because of you, we're planting a life-giving church here in Boulder. And there is no city church without you. Because of you, people are loved, safe, and welcome here. Because of you, we get to create environments where, where people can gather and worship and explore faith and grow and serve and grow in their relationship with God and be empowered to live life with Jesus. I mean, God is doing amazing things in and through this community because of you. Because of you, every week, our kids get to have a blast and experience and hear about the love of Jesus toward them. Because of you, we served 150 families with Thanksgiving meals last week. Because of you, we are working toward permanence here in Boulder. Because of you, the kingdom of God is expanding here in Boulder. Because of you, heaven is more crowded. And I'm just grateful. I'm thankful. And, if, and, and I probably haven't said it enough. But here's my invitation. What would it look like over the next seven days to just out-grateful one another? Like just make it a competition and keep scoring, rubbing each other's faces. Ha-ha. Here's my encouragement as we close the time. Start your day with gratitude every week, every day this week. Start your day with gratitude. Open it up. Get alone with God. Create some margin and some space. Use the other disciplines from this series. Start with gratitude. And then fill your day with gratitude. Look for every moment possible to extend gratitude to someone else. Here's the deal. This is mutually beneficial. Not only is it good for your soul, but you have no idea how one word of encouragement, one moment of expressed gratitude could literally change someone's life. Don't take for granted the 15 minutes after the service when you're hanging out in here in the lobby and outside, how one expression of gratitude could turn something around. Let me pray for you. As we close our time, if you just bow your heads with me and close your eyes, this is just a moment of privacy and reflection. And, and as you reflect in your own life, again, just kind of wrestling in your own heart and mind, is there someone you need to extend gratitude to today, right now, during the service? Maybe it's sending a text. Maybe it's making a note so you don't forget. 
Maybe there's something that, that uh, you miss, something God put on your heart. Like, man, that's a moment to go back and close the gratitude loop. Maybe your relationship with God has been struggling and, and you just had a kind of a, 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 a hard perspective on, on things being good. And we're, give, we're called to give thanks in every circumstance. And maybe that's the, the shift that your heart and your soul need to kind of light that fire of your relationship with God of growing intimately and consistently. Or maybe you're in the room and you're kind of wrestling with faith and you're not really sure what you believe, why you believe it, where you, where you stand on this whole Jesus thing. And I want you to understand that, that gratitude is not something we have to manufacture. When Jesus invites us to love God, it's, it's because he first loved us, Jesus said. That we love God because he meets us where we are. That he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin, to be buried and rise again, to to be able to save us and set us free and entrusting in Jesus, much like the lepers just took that one step without seeing change. You and I, we take one step toward Jesus. Saying, Jesus, in our hearts and minds, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me and rose again so I can have a relationship with God, so I can be made new, and so I can love people like you love me. Maybe you're in the room today and you've never taken a step toward Jesus and I just need you to know that he's already been running toward you and our relationship with God is not out of fear and obligation and what ifs it's, it's fueled by gratitude maybe today is, is, is the moment that you start that relationship by asking Jesus to save you and set you free no matter where you are I would challenge you to join me as we out grateful one another let's just see what God does in our souls and let's see what he does in the lives of others. God, thank you so much for this space and this time. There's more than we could ever express in gratitude towards you. But through these next two songs and through our time together today, we take this space and we let you out. Give us perspective to see what you see and to trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.